I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalize you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me I'm an education consultant specializing in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Listeners, another episode of Thriving Matters podcast and our guest today is the sensational Joanne Brooks. Now, we're going to talk amazing things around thriving and business. We're going to link it all up together. But, Joe, how are you today? I'm very well, Carrie. Oh, so good. Like, we have tried for a little while to get together. I'm so pleased we've managed to get it done. So I'm really excited. Thank you. We have. And, um, look, one of the things that I have always admired about you, Joanne, is um, you have a zest for life that has been built on how you've thrived through a number of things. So there's no better person than you to tell us what puts that smile on your face in the morning, firstly. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Well, first thing in the morning for me, it's, it's the same thing seven days a week, uh, is we take the, literally, I take the dogs for a walk and it's around water. And for ah. me, being around water is uh, is a very grounding thing, I, preferably the ocean, but I'm not as close to the ocean as I'd like to be. But it is around salt water. So I'm very fortunate we live in an amazing place that my husband and I can go for a walk. Yeah. And, and there's not a lot of conversation in that walk, which might seem a bit odd, but it's me getting my headspace right and, and and really just appreciating where I am. That it's and it's always sunrise. We get up very early. We get up at five and we're gone by quarter past five to go for our walk. And I'm home by six, six thirty at the very, very latest. So yeah. for me, that is um appreciating where I am and the quality of life that I have, that what I'm able to do, and a little bit of thought process about what's coming for the day is oh. what seven days a week. Well, isn't that a thriving habit? I mean, that's, you know, for me, that's a lay down the zair. If you play 500, I think that's that's the way to go. And everyone I speak to has some routine, some habit that they have built um, and that's what they start their day off with. So if there's, you know, if listeners are are, are trying to find a way to put together a habit um, that's going to suit them. Well, keep exploring. I think keep exploring what works for you. Yeah, exactly. it doesn't have to be hard. But uh, I love it, and I'm a bit like you. I would prefer not to talk too much. Um, I like to be able to use my senses: smell, yep. see, tune up the the eyes and the ears. Right. Yep. Yeah. Never put yeah. ears in. I never put ears in when I'm walking. We no see ears. this all the time. Lots of people with big headphones on, and they're striding out and they're walking. They're obviously listening to something music whatever mm. but I want to listen to nature that's that's my that's my bag like I'll mm. listen to podcasts and audiobooks and all that throughout the day but my start for the day I want to hear the birds chirping I want to hear the odd dog barking I want to hear and see the fish <laughs> out of the water yeah I'm focused on what's coming in through my ears through a device I'll miss it no um there's nothing like hearing the birds start the day so so Amazing. Nice. Okay, so Joanne, let's talk about um, 
where you've come from, what you what you started off doing. You're, you know, you've got a family, you've had businesses. So there's no one better than you to tell us a, a potted history. <laughs> I will do that. Thank you. Thank you for asking that. So uh, my career started in banking back when I was 18, and, and I do have to go way back to 18, Carrie, because it's a really important time in uh -huh. my life. When I finished high school, I was 18, living on the Gold Coast, wanted to go to university. It was not an option for me. My father would not let me go, and in those days, I just uh -huh. went along with what was in, what I was instructed. And so I was an incredibly shy person. So when my book comes out, it's called The Girl in the Cupboard because I've spent most of my childhood in my cupboard. My mum always spoke about she couldn't find Joanne. She knew she'd find me in the cupboard very happily playing around with my doll. So I'm naturally an introvert, which uh, I don't display that very often. Um, so I, I'm very comfortable in my own space. So at 18, not allowed to go to university. Um, so my father said to me, Joanne, go and sit the bank exams because that's what you did in those days. So on every Saturday. So I methodically went and sat all those exams for the local banks. And I thought, job done. Great. I I'm sorted. And he went, no, no, now you will ring every branch manager until you get a job. And so for a person who was incredibly shy and a massive introvert, that was really hard. Wow, wow. But I got a job in two weeks because I just kept ringing and asking. And I think because, you know, when, you've, when I reflect on it now, when you think about the ultimate cold call, what am I selling? It's me. And I would not have had, any, had no confidence in me. So what was I selling? But the bank manager did say to me, look, the reason you got the job, Joanne, wasn't because you got a great score, but because you persisted. You consistently, you just kept ringing me. And so I thought, well, I've got to give this girl a, a go. So it was the Commonwealth Bank and I was there for 17 years. And over the years, I, I changed. I didn't change a lot, but I changed sufficiently that that lesson, and it's weirdly, Carrie, I only reflected on that lesson literally in the last 18 months to two years ago. And I'm now 61. Hmm. so it's taken me a long time for, it's impacted me unconsciously for such a long time and I didn't realize that until I reflected on it recently but what it had me doing what I noticed on reflection was if I needed something if I, I what I realized was if I want something it has, it has to be up to me it's up to nobody else and that was a I, I feel that's been such a fundamental lesson for me so throughout my banking career I always put my hand up for promotions I, I was always asking, asking mm. for more. Mm. But what I learned over the years was if I wanted something more, I had to present something to the boss. I would say, this is what I've done. This is what return I've given the business. This is what I want in a pay rise, promotion, whatever. And this is what I'm going to do to get the, for, for me to, for you to justify paying me more. And it was rare that I got declined. So I managed by the end of my 17-year um, history in banking I was writing commercial finance of 40 million for large high rises. I've, I'd write the finance for the building and the paint on the wall. So that was something that was very unusual for a woman to do in the banking in that mm, time. It was commercial, commercial plant equipment lending. So invariably I'd be the sole female in an orange suit amongst a whole bunch of blue suits and, and I'd stand out. And I ended up teaching these people how to do this. So for the person who was incredibly shy, I, realized, I actually realised mm. You know, getting up and sharing people my skill and my knowledge, I, I really enjoyed. And I can't tell you how many times people would say to me, and men, what do you know, girly? <laughs> Literally those words. And I, and I always took it as a challenge. And so I would pull out all these case studies of real deals that I've done. I go, so this is what I've done. If you can do that, you can leave. If you can't, you can stay here, shut up and listen. And I will share with you of how to do that. And so that got me into the foray of owning, um, starting a business 
and owning my own training, um, registered training organisations here in yeah. Australia. I've owned a number of them. And the biggest one was in 2012-13, I launched a business through um, trademark issue. I had, I've had a number of challenges, but we won't go into all that detail. But I grew that business to 30 million in 24 months. It was a ridiculously fast-paced wow. It was crazy. And a lot of people look at that and go, wow, what an achievement. Yeah, it was. It was something that I, I loved doing. It was amazing. But it, I'd had 20 years of learning all these lessons and so the re the way that I built that was collaborating with my largest competitors. Yeah. So I knocked on their doors and said, I do this. I'm a smaller version of you. I want some of what you've got. I can deliver a product you don't have. I notice you don't have this product. And I'm priced seven times what you're pricing your product at. Mine's seven times. But I'm going to give you a chunk of my seven times and I'm going to give you full insight to my business. So it's, well, here's all the systems. Here's all the processes. Here's how we do everything. Come and look in our systems. So having giving my partners that clarity and confidence that I understood the industry, I knew what needed to be done, but I had a product that they did not have and they could earn actually more money out of their share of mine than selling their own. They said, let's do it. Wow. And so, so that was a really outside the square thinking of when mm. you're collaborating with businesses, and this could be a business strategy for your listeners in that, Collaborating mm. with other businesses could be a very valid strategy. It could, you know, you could be thinking about diversity of product, diversity of service, more locations of where you go. But one of these strategies could be, oh wow, Mr. XYZ competitor does it does something similar to me, but they don't precisely do what I do. So what if we did things together? What would that look yeah. like? Yeah. Can we join forces and join, you know, apply for a tender together or just work together? so that we're filling a hole in each other's businesses and and grasping mm. on each other's skill sets and, and systems, but being prepared. Like I, I literally did a live on this this morning, that if you're going to do these sort of things, clarity and communication is so important. Yeah. Because when you partner with other people, they have their own expectations in their brain. You have yours. But unless you write it down, like write a document, this is your responsibility, this is my responsibility, this is how it's going to happen, mm. you're going to have hiccups and you're going to have problems. And so that business was incredibly successful. I went from five staff to 110 staff, offices down the seaboard. But, you know, there was a, there was a challenge in that it was growing too fast. And, there's, and, and I often speak about this today. Um, think about the pace of your growth because yeah. you need to be prepared for it because a lot of people think they should only be prepared for when things go wrong. COVID is a really good example, right? It's just <laughs> another one of the many things that business owners face. GFC, all sorts of things happen. Yeah. A problem with staff, a problem with supplier, whatever. But a lot of people don't think about, well, what's the, what's the problem of growth? That's because so true. Because I would, when you... People challenge. Well, when you, were, when you were talking about how it had grown so quickly and what you did, I'm going... There's a cost here. There's a cost. So that was my next question was to say, and so you've already gone into the cost, which is, yeah. and, and it's so true because people, are, you know, we, we get quite overwhelmed if we haven't been able to scale it properly. Yeah. Correct. And you're not prepared. Mm. So, you know, so a lot of the work that I'm starting to talk to people about is, you know, if you're, you've got a business today and at some point you're going to exit. And I was literally talking to a lady this morning. Her business is her superannuation. And so there's not a lot of consideration put in today about what that looks like in the future. 
And so too many people, too many business owners go, well, I'm here now, I'm ready to sell, I'm ready to franchise, I'm ready to list it. Oh, wow, it's only worth this much. Or I don't, I'm not, I, yeah. I'm not, I'm actually not ready because I don't have all these things in place. Yeah. And so the importance of understanding the boring systems, operations, processes, <laughs> contracts, workflows, all these things that a lot of business go, owners go, oh, I don't have brain space for that. I'm just really busy selling. Yeah. and getting the money in the door. Well, there's lots of ways to do that efficiently so that it doesn't take a lot of, it can take, it can actually, oh. systems will take a lot of pressure off your shoulders. I know you know this, oh. Carrie, when you've got and good systems, it just things, right? Well, and listeners, Joanne, just when she was talking about taking things off your shoulders, I can, whilst we're talking, I can see her actually going up with her hands onto her shoulders. I've just been, so here's my morning. I've been to the gym this morning and I just happened to say, ah, oh, I said, what can you do for my neck? But it's not my neck. It's actually coming from my shoulders, particularly my right one. So, you know, our bodies actually play out a lot of where we've we've got some niggles, where we've, um, you know, where our strength or our support comes from. So when we talk about thriving, Joanne, I mean, thriving in business, but for me, that's a holistic view. It means how do you look after yourself physically, mentally, emotionally? How do you look after the business system-wise, um, staff-wise, all that, you know, product-wise? So it, it all comes together. And that's what Thriving Matters is all about because wow. you're, you're doing some, you've done some extraordinary things in life and work. But you've intimated that, yes, there's been some cost to it, um, like us all. And thriving really isn't easy all day, but we can make it easier and more manageable when yeah. we understand what we need. Yeah, so. Exactly. And I know, you know, give me a good Excel spreadsheet or good workflow. Joanne's very happy. <laughs> but, I, but I know they work, right? And, uh, you know, the, to close out this business that I grew, I actually ended up liquidating it. And that was due to a number of challenges that came at me. Government legislation changed, some yes. bad behaviour of staff. And I put that down, you know, and a lot of reflection, a lot of counselling, because I did lose my home and I had to I had to start from scratch again. And that yes. that has been um that has been a blessing in a very in a in a lot of ways. As much as I didn't want to lose I sold my home proactively so I could clear debt. And so it wasn't taken from me. I chose to sell it to clear. To clear debt and I wanted to have the peace of mind that that was done yeah because I'd lost I had to let go of 110 staff but you know business will always be hard and so that's why I speak a lot about be careful of the pace be prepared for the pace if you want to go fast mm. make sure you've got the foundations in place as I often have spoken about if you're going to build a house you know the builder's going to put some foundations in single story certain level two story certain level if you want a high rise, you know they're going to go le many levels down. Yeah, yeah. So why do people build businesses with no foundations? Mm. They 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 love the pen that they're going to sell. I get a colour one thing. So they love a pen, so <laughs> they sell it because they love it. It feels good. They're going to sell it. They've got lots of lots of opportunity to sell this beautiful pen. But it's going to fall over really quickly if yeah. you don't understand the basis of foundations of business. And too many people have a wonderful skill in a product, a service, or whatever but they don't get to the importance of the foundations of a business scaling. So and so you go. I'm, I'm just thinking about you and doing all this over the years with, you know, your time in the Commonwealth Bank, you would yep. have you would have had people that you observed, looked mm -hmm. at. So 
I ask everyone that comes on, has there been, you've had some, you've already told us about some significant experiences that you've lived through and had to work through. Has there been someone in your life that, or uh, who's been a mentor or a coach or someone significant that you you could attribute some influence because really what you're talking about now is being a thought leader for others so who did it for you yeah yeah and and that's an excellent question um carrie because it's so important to have those people around you and i use the word these not one it's plural right has to be plural because they all can't be experts in everything no so the fellow, uh, there's a fellow that is today, a man, his name is Wayne Milner, and I'm happy to, to say their name. He is my my good and dearest friend today, but he is the man who employed me when my daughter was two and she's now 26, that started me in the finance broking business. And so I became a finance broker and I was writing all this after 17 years in the Commonwealth Bank. Um, and he has shown me just by being transparent in his own business and the successes and the challenges that he had. But he's also been with me all the way long. So he's one of the people who put a you know bit of his size 12 around my proverbial when yeah, he could yeah. see that I wasn't doing what needed to be done. And so yeah. he checked me and he held me accountable. I went, oh, man, you are so right. You are so right. Yeah. And so you'll see a logo behind me that's Navigate Biz, which is my own company. And that was started with another very good friend and mentor of mine. And I met him, Nick Barnstall. He is the consummate entrepreneur. He owns over 40 companies. He knows business inside out. Incredible man. But we started Navigate Biz to help business owners to be sure that they weren't a business failure or one of those horrible statistics. Yeah. And we met each other in a networking group. And we were building, I was building my $30 million business. He was building a $100 million business in the construction industry. Wow. And we were going along this same journey at the same time. But, you know, to answer your question, there's no, you can't see, but I've got a library behind me, a variety of books. And, and I listen to books, but I also buy the books. So I actually, when I want to listen, when I want to read a book, I buy the physical book and the audio book because I'll open the book and I'll have a highlighter while I'm listening to it. That's that I know is what works for me. But I also That's listen true. to the book in the car, yeah. but I'll listen to it two or three times because I appreciate that I'm focusing on the road. Well, you that's your know. learning style. I mean, my learning style. Adult, I get adult learning style is different to a young, you know, exactly. a, a child, right? Yeah. Exactly. And so, you know, the things that I've learned over the years, and particularly so much learning of Joanne and growth of Joanne since I liquidated that company in 2016. So that was seven years six and a half, seven years ago. I know I'm a much better person for it. I'm a much better business business person, much better leader for it because I've spent a lot of time reflecting on what worked really well yeah. and what didn't work well and what could I have done differently. And we all hear about that and think, oh, it's just a cliche. It is so important. Yes. Yeah. How important that you do this. And even reflecting on, well, what did you do last week? And, and all those sort of things. And every now and then, and I, I say this to my mentees a lot, grab a piece of paper, Grab some colour pens. I'm a big colour pen girl. Uh-huh. Write down 50 things that I know. Write down 50 things that I know. And if I get stuck, I ask myself, what small thing? And I change the colour pen. Change the colour pen. Oh, okay. Okay. Because that works for my creative juices, right? Yes. So what you do when you get 50 things. So I've had, I said this to one of my mentees during the week last week because she was feeling a little bit imposter syndrome. And I said, you're on this, you're in this position for a reason. You, you, you know, you have skills, you've, you know, you've gone through a process to be, you know, to be given this position, write your 50 things down. And I said, it might take you an hour, but 
another pen, another pen, another pen type thing, right? And I said, the lovely thing is, as a thought leader, because you are a leader, this lady I was talking to, you now have 50 topics you can talk about as a blog. <laughs> you just talked about the rainbow of creativity and curiosity, really, for, for how you're leading, yeah? Yes, and it's a good quality check of yourself. Isn't like, it? I, oh, wow. Oh, yeah, I've done all that. I said, go to the go to micro. And I said, I guarantee you next time you do it next month or whenever you go to choose to do it again, <laughs> you'll do that 50 in 20 minutes. Oh, I love it. 50 blog ideas. You get stuck, just get the coloured pens out. Pen. But, you know, Joanne, what a beautiful gift to give someone, the journal and a set of coloured pens. Yeah. Right? Or coloured. And there's whatever. You... Stick it on the wall. Yeah. 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 I, I love it because yeah. I think that... You know, when um, I actually saw a rainbow last week and I, the, for the first time in a long while, I saw the start and the beginning. Oh, wow. Yes. That's and, and I just went, wow. I was meant to look up at this particular time, meant to notice. So yeah. what's, that, what's that all about? I mean, you can, you can build it in and you can move it around to whatever it is you're thinking about, make, make some sense out of it. But uh, that is a tangible, thriving, thriving strategy that you have. If, yeah. if you feel stuck, get out, get out. I, I do fresh air, feed, feed in the grass or, or the earth. Exactly. Um, if I've got time, um, I can use a shower like that, like water over yes. your head going down yes. to wash wash it away and open up. Um, but, I mean, we've all got things that we use. I've now, got one that I learnt, literally learnt last week and it takes 20 seconds. It's very cool. Okay. So it's you, we close our eyes and we put yep. our, our right hand on top of our head. Yep. Just clear out, clear out. Ten seconds, so we we won't take up the whole ten seconds. And then you take your right hand off and you put your left hand on. Okay. It actually resets your left brain. Left and your right brain. brain. Yeah. Resets. There are there are some breathing techniques. The. Yep. That 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 yeah that works. Oh, thank you. Beautiful. Listeners, we both did it. Just so you know, we actually yep. we both did it together. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. And just one one more that's really quick, if, if doing this in an office is a little bit confronting and people are wondering, what are you doing, is you don't move your head. And we're all looking at a computer endlessly and we're focusing our eyes on the screen. Yep. So literally just move your eyes and look wider, look to the ah. front and then focus. In. And it's not moving your head. And, and it's this lady who shared it with me in a networking group. You can do it in the elevator. You can do it at the desk. Nobody will know that you're doing it, but it just resets. Okay. Beautiful. So focus on the computer and then look really wider. And, and don't move your head, just look up and down. And what, a beautiful, what a beautiful reset uh, that nobody needs to know you're doing. It's just for you. It's just for you. I like using the hand and point a finger on the other end, just, just putting it in your lap and tracing your, your point of finger up your thumb on your left hand, breathing yep. in, exhaling down, breathing five times on each finger. Love that. And you can do it anywhere. You can do it. No one needs to know. You can just sit in your office with your back to the door or wherever you are in a, in a shared space. You can do it on the train going to work. You can do it at home for a break. It's Why beautiful. Then? and Yeah, it's it's perfect. It's a little yeah. micro meditation, right? And we all yeah. know this is so important. And lots yeah. of people have excuse they don't have time. Yeah. We so know that they do. Oh, lovely. The um, Now, I have something I really want to ask you about, and it's this incredible program that I know a little bit about, so our listeners need to know. 
yes. about the Desir course that you're... Yes, Desir Global Business School. So uh, I, I'm not an owner of that business, but I've known the owner for 25 years, a long, long time. So Desir Global Business School is in the university space. And so I've started speaking to a lot of business owners uh, of the last six to eight months to say uh, an MBA, master's degree, is something you should consider. And I know if I'd considered, uh, someone had said to this to me last year, I would have said, what a load of rubbish. I don't believe it. It's not true. Uh-huh. I can't, can't be wrong. <laughs> and the, the reason it is is for this. Uh, the course content has been written by entrepreneurs, by the Desir academics. So they're uh-huh. all um, they're all accredited with universities. Desir is not a university, but they have done what I did and are uh, uh, collaborating with universities around the world. And so okay. when people enrol in these university degrees, they get a degree out of Paris, Rome, London, Wales or Australia, depending <laughs> on which one they choose. But it's the content and the way it's been t- um, delivered that makes it a game changer. It is full of two and a half thousand interviews with world leaders, presidents, prime ministers, heads of state, like Julia Gillard, Desmond Tutu, um, Goldie Horn, head of the UN, men and women alike. Two and a half thousand videos that have been curated to meet the learning requirements of the subject the students are studying at the time. So you can go and Google those people, find out lots about them, but you won't find a, a curated conversation that speaks directly to cybersecurity or HR or strategic thinking or critical thinking. It's all live videos embedded in the content. Right. There are no exams. That's a that's a big one. So who wants to do sit down as an adult learner, <laughs> like no. back at school, and write a four-hour exam, whether it's on a computer or with your hand, and pull it out of your head and stick it on a piece of paper. But who can judge that? Who, who can, can judge, judge that? that? You yeah. can't judge that. Yeah. So what they do instead is they get you all MBA students and bachelors get invited to be involved in a live project. One of the most recent ones were with Disney from the U- from the US, and they had a U- they had a HR challenge that they wanted resolved. So Desir said we will bring a cohort of students in. They will work collaboratively, and so they assist on their participation and contribution to that project to be deemed competent in their subject. So they get involved in projects relevant to the industry they're currently in, whether it's their employee or an employer, Mm. or the industry they want to be involved in. So if you're in in manufacturing, you'll get involved, you'll dip your toe into a global manufacturing firm. You'll get to see what they think and do, and you'll get be involved in a live project. Projects are not unusual in MBAs, but they're often based on historical data. FedEx, for example, what went wrong in a FedEx? situation 10 years ago what's the relevance today it's not Mm. Mm. it's just not the dessert are continually knocking on doors of organizations small and global for their projects so these companies get these 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 things resolved at no cost cost so they they would they would go to consultants like pwc deloitte's any number of these big consultancy firms firms and spend a fortune to go we've got a problem with hr can you come in and solve it for us yeah. Now they're just sort of going, we'll bring in our cohort of MBA students and they'll solve it for you. You can implement it. So they're, they're constantly doing these throughout the MBAs. So that's incredibly compelling in my mind. Oh. You may have a sense already of what it costs to do an MBA here in Australia. Yeah. Minimum about 65 grand to up to 300,000 is the worst I've heard. Wow. And anything from two to four years. So yeah. let's quickly compare a traditional MBA to what Desir can offer. 12 subjects traditional, six from Europe, half the time and effort. Mm. Um, global MBA, um, sorry, 
Global leaders, insights, yeah, none of those. Um, no, no exams, lots of exams. Yeah. Right? Because it's six subjects, it's less time and effort. Cost 65 grand minimum. Minimum cost about 5,000 US dollars to a most of about 35 US dollars, US dollars, 35,000 US dollars, but that's because it's an Australian university. So we have yeah. two universities here in Australia and four in Europe, more to come. Mm. The overseas um, qualifications that I'm bringing into Australia are recognised here in Australia. They're accredited. Good. They, the students can go to Paris to celebrate this, their graduation and they get a, a, a week's immersion into the university. They get to attend classes in Rome or Paris or London or Wales. And so these qualifications are mm. equally recognised. Corporate will recognise them. Like they could send one person for a $300,000 MBA, but they could send 30 yeah. to do a $10,000 um, MBA out of Europe. They've got global insights. They've got real projects. Or they could have a project done in their own business that their staff can contribute to and then have a national international cohort come in and dive I, into it. I, I, I think what you're describing here is... A way forward for education, further education, yeah. For, uh, you know, whatever it is, we've got a number of um, schools that are doing something very similar. Um, yeah. Have really flipped how how they're deliver how they're delivering. Kids are especially um, kids with diverse learning needs. Yes, um, are able to really get passionate, focus in on what they need. Mm be entrepreneurial in their thinking. And one of those schools is um, Beyond Limitations. Uh, that is just, I just have a great deal of respect for Dr. Martina Jerome, who set that up and a number of her came out of parents saying, nice. how can I how can I still take my kids around the world and let them have a, a wonderful experience education. in education? Yeah. Not, not be behind, still make an international qualification if that, that's what we need as, as a benchmark. Um, but they're doing some amazing things. So what you're describing, I think, for adults um, is is just brilliant. And for people to be able to access at a price, that doesn't mean they can't do it. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's all about access and, and freeing it up. Yeah, and effort, yeah, you know, when I did the research about whether I would um, bring this to Australia for dessert, I went and spoke to a lot of people who'd done MBAs because yeah. I've not done one. And um, I said, so what did you get out of it? And invariably, the answer was I got three letters. Yep. Great. Awesome. Did you learn something? Not as much as I thought. Was the average. Yes. Some years, uh, but what I did get was a massive debt, Joanne. I've got a debt that I've got to pay off. Now, mm -hmm. our Australian partners out of deserve, we can access the um, the government funding, the HEX system. So that resolves it the, because they're the ones that are $35,000. Because Australian qualifications are robust. They have an amazing uh, yes. reputation. And so if having an Australian qualification is important, but you want the global leaders, you want the live projects, you can do that through DSER, through Torrens University or, or New England. Mm -hmm. But if you want something that will give you just as much credibility, but you can get done in time efficiency, com cost efficiency, but I think the most important one, effort efficiency. Yeah. Application. Real live application. Yeah. And do a European one, six subjects. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I know um, I know our listeners uh, are, are always curious about um, some tips and hints around thriving. Now, if you're into really thriving and scaling up your business, I mean, really have a look at what DeSur is offering you. 
Yes. Joanne Brooks's um, websites, all the details will put in her notes, in the notes for the show, as we always do, listeners. But um, Joanne, I always like to say, is there something in our conversation today that we haven't said yet? Well, I, I think there is. And thank you for asking that one. I think everything that you're talking about thriving, like you are on so much on the same page. And, we, and this little conversation has been a lot about scaling and, and, yep. and building business. And of course, the end part was the self. I genuinely believe that none of that can happen unless you work on self first, unless you are of the right mindset that you've got those. And I like to work, use the words rituals. Like a lot of people talk about habits and rhythms in business. I like to change that to, to rituals because rhythms are the things that I think of as the metrics that you're looking at the business. How often are you doing that? That's just something that should be done as a foundation. A habit that often hear, hear about that, but habit is like brushing your teeth for me. I don't think about it. I just do it. Yeah. I'm not, there's no thought process in there. I just know I need to do it and I'll brush my teeth. But a ritual in business, if you can flip that, like my morning walk is a ritual for me because yeah. I'm fully present. I'm right there. Um, I'm giving it my 150% attention, if you can give that much attention. So what can you bring into your to your daily life, whether it's first thing, whatever it is, what ritual can you bring in with full presence that it sets your day up for success mm. is my question. Love it. Well, there you go, listeners. I have just enjoyed talking to Joanne, and it's not just today. We've known each other for a little while, so um, we, that's part of the, the thing. You know, we, we like to actually talk and share the ideas, and there's never a time when I speak to Joanne that I don't come away with a number of things that we've shared, and she goes back with a couple of other things as well. Because that's what it's. Uh, we're living in a time. I think COVID has given us such a great gift in upping how we collaborate, how we do it, but making making sense of what we do, honouring each other, and uh, making sure that we shout out for each other. I think it's so important. So Joanne, I want to thank you so much for being on today. Well done, you. Um, you. We'll put all your details. What's the easiest way? If just look, if they go to my website, Navigate Biz, which is N-A-V-I-G-8-B-I-Z, there is two buttons. Call Joanne and it will call me on my mobile. Okay. Or book a time, 15 minutes. Just book some time with me. Um, I, Fantastic. I just love talking to people and let's see, what explore what's possible, right? <laughs> thank you. And listeners, if you've really liked what you've um, been part of today, for heaven's sakes, give us a little bit of love. Share this with your family, friends, colleagues. Make sure you subscribe so you get these incredible gals and guys who are doing extraordinary things in life and work. They're our guests. Uh, we're shouting out for, for really, for the next generations. We actually believe in, in building leaders for tomorrow because we're in the box long enough, Joe, and we've got a lot of, a lot of experience. <laughs> and still a lot of grit and gumption. So, lead, um, listeners, thank you so much for your time today. Just remember, you are precious and your thriving matters. Bye for now. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters. 